Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 37 of the podcast with Chicago comedian John Gasper. Um, John is a former therapist, and we talk about why he became a therapist, how he got out of it, slash why he got out of it. We also discuss what your quarantine hobbies say about you. We talk about jobs and identity, um, and we also talk a lot about sex culture and how there needs to be more education surrounding it to dismantle certain parts about sex culture. Uh, We talk about a whole array of topics, so please enjoy the podcast. I press record when you go hammer season. <laughs> <laughs> Big dick energy. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Doing Time, where humans talk about their experiences in a psych ward. Today, we have Chicago comedian guest John Gasper. How are we doing, for, John? Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Thanks for being on the podcast. Um, first question I always ask is, how much time have you done? And that could be psych ward, therapy, let's, time you wish you didn't spend. Let's do it. I was got an individual therapy later than I should have. Um, I got my master's in counseling, and I was uh, worked in a partial hospitalization program. PHP. PHP, if you will. Um, and that's like kind of a version of a psych ward, so worked in that. But I've been in a ton of individual therapy in my early 30s, late 20s, and now for the first time I'm in couples counseling, like premarital counseling with my partner. And so I'm like pro-therapy of course. to my core DNA. And again, now I would call myself a former therapist. I have... Uh, no plans at this time to return to that line of work. I really respect the people that do it, but it's like weird. This is the kind of the first time I've said like former therapist. Really, it's weird to say. Yeah, I'm sure it feels weird to say. Well, because you're like you're labeling yourself as it. Yeah, you know, you're like I'm I'm a former therapist. And versus we, like oh, I used to be ther- like talking to people, but now yeah. you're like no, this is. I think that we get tied up with like jobs. Sorry, there's an ice maker. Ice room. maker. Um, Jobs and identity is a big thing, right? So, like, be, I'm, it's like an identity shift because now I'm not being a therapist. So that's like a, whew. but um, how does it, how does that make you feel? I, ah, sorry, I just put a therapy. Let's go. <laughs> I had a really long. I've been thinking about this a lot. I mean, and I've talked about it in my individual counseling. I so I got my master's right. Both of my parents were professors, and there's a lot of, like big. Focus on education in my house. Professors for what? My dad, criminal justice, and my mom, nursing. And I was like, I have to use my degree. I have to use my degree. And now I'm currently, like, serving downtown, making, like, so much more money than I ever did counseling, working less hours, feeling better mentally. You seem great. Thank you so much. And... The only thing that was holding me back is like this like classist beliefs of like working in the service industry. I was like, oh, like, why I didn't do this for so long is I didn't want to go because I, I served before I got my master's. Okay. And I, as why I would help me back is I didn't want to go when people go, what do you do right now? I'll go, I'm a server. That's literally the only thing because of the like identity. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're, that's what I am. I'm a server. 
and it's like, oh no, I got my master's. It's like, that's so fucking lame. And now I'm being able to pursue my creative pursuits, if you will, pursue pursuits. Right, but you're also doing stand-up, which I think is important to like say because sometimes I think two people get caught up in like, oh, I'm a server, but that's because like they don't have any other creative pursuits there, but other even, things that they're pursuing. But even if I just served... Like that's the, still okay. That's still okay. And the I'm people saying, like, that I work with who aren't doing creative shit are making more money than, than, so any, than most people. And they're like... I just used to think like, oh, like you have to like. There's just this fucking such this classism. Societal belief. Yeah, there's just such there's just this research that states if you could have a job with more clout or less money, what you'll take. You always people will always take more clout. They'll always Mm. take the job that is perceived as more prestigious over the actual money you're earning. We're obsessed with status, and I got caught up on that a little bit. I literally did that same thing. I was like, I'm gonna be a therapist and make literally fucking peanuts. Like literally yeah. nothing rather than, oh, I could just serve downtown and make like a fuck ton of money. So true. And it's like, so true, yeah. you know, oh, I, we, we're not supposed to talk about money. It's like, well, you need it to fucking live. No. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. It's like, I thought no, I actually think, pay I rent, think it's actually. Like when, I mean, I just had Mike O'Keefe on the podcast and we were talking about people pleasing and how like people will do what they think other people want them to do. Yeah. And it's like not, it's like, how would you be fulfilled if you did it gets to a certain point, I think, yeah. where it's like you can do that for so long, but eventually you're living inside your own body, so you're going to want to do what you want to do. Exactly. And I've learned that like the therapy thing for me, it's like I, I respect and love like I just think it's like the most vital resource we have is each other. Mm-hmm. And somebody doing therapy, even though they're getting paid, is like fucking amazing and beautiful. I – it isn't even the emotional burnout for me that I experienced because I worked at a call center in Chicago and it was oh like God. 35 calls a day, people having the worst day of their lives and did that for three years, making very little money and feeling like undervalued as just like in the company or whatever. Like even besides that, I actually just can't physically sit down in my job. I need to be running. That's why I like the story. I love running around doing these little tasks, like sprinting up and down the place. I'm very physical. I, I cannot Im- sit. But I think that's important for comedians because yeah. comedians were constantly like hustling, the huge hustle culture. Yeah. Going from like place to place. Oh, what didn't work? Okay, yeah. I'll do this. Okay, like yeah. this tag work. Okay, I'm going to bring it over to this mic. And it's like constantly like yeah. needs to be on the go. And I think that's why all of us, like all comedians kind of got depressed during the quarantine yeah. because like, we didn't have our like it's uh, physical stimulation. And then when yeah. you get home, it's exhausting. Yeah. Even though you like just stood up for three minutes, which is like yeah. whatever. But, but the, it, the, your nervous system's going haywire before and after or whatever, you know. It's like, such an, an adrenaline rush. I'm sure too, like getting like tips here, tips here, tips here, versus like sitting down and being like, my life sucks like, yeah. all day, all how, day, Yeah, all day. how was your, my quarantine depression was late. So I like, okay. also, I, so I quit my job pre-pandemic at the counseling job. Okay. I quit it pre-pandemic. So I was like not working before everyone, kind of, kind of like, kind of started it, kind yeah. of started the trend, and then so my like being home thing started before everyone. So when the quarantine hit, I was like, "This is great!" Like I was really, literally having thoughts. Now of, everyone's like, doing what I'm doing. Literally having those thoughts, I was like, "Yeah, yeah. like yeah, yeah, everyone caught up." Yeah, and exactly. En- and enjoying the break from capitalism and the cycle, and enjoying whatever, and like guilt free. It was like, "Oh, I'm not miking. Oh, it's not. I don't feel bad. I'm not miking tonight, right?" I liked that for. A month or two and then like late deep into it I was like oh no I'm actually feeling this is horrible I'm so I'm an extrovert and I get like, energy from being around other people I absolutely miss this so much and it got oof it was just like but then you know what did I do 
got to went to a therapist. Yeah. Individual, amazing. Like that's all it takes. Just like put the you know put the time in. Do you start therapy again? You're saying? Yeah, like I started it again. Quarantine? So I had somebody during. So my dude, I yeah. had for years. We called him Yoda. He only saw other therapists. He retired. He was ama- he was like fucking amazing. He was like so old but knew like every meme. You know what I mean? Just like okay, all knowing okay. man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, felt omnipresent in a way. Saw him right when I moved here. He retired. Like right before quarantine, I think maybe yeah. And then I saw someone else that didn't work out. Saw her for a couple of months, and that didn't work out. Then I took a break, and that's when I started to not feel super well. Got a new therapist, and she's amazing. And so it's like just absolutely thriving. Couldn't couldn't speak more highly of her. Why do you like her? She's a little bit older. Um, this is the first like long term. Like I've only been seeing her a couple of months, but like. She just is like, she's different. She's more, she's solution focused. I've often in therapy spent time on more like emotional stuff. Mm. Um, but she's very like, you know, what did you know, what did you do this week in a good way? And she's, yeah, she's just very, and just not judgmental. I, cause because she's older, when I've brought up stuff about like, let's say drug use, mm-hmm. she, I thought for sure she'd be like, you know, wagging your finger at me, but she's been so, she's been so like, no, like I understand. And like, just, you know, really good at her job mm-hmm. and very insightful. And my, we haven't, we, my dad passed away a couple of years ago and we never talked about it really yet. And then the day after Father's Day or whatever, I saw her and she was like, how was Sunday for you? And like, after Aww. never, she like clearly had, we haven't talked about it a lot. So I was like amazed that she remembered that because I only brought it up in the intake and then for her to be like, I was like, man, like, I'm not just like a fucking number on her day. No. Like she's had, you know. She shows the effort. And that was the main issue with my therapist. Why I, I like had to tell her like to be a better therapist. And then I was like, wait, I'm just not going to see you. Why would I That's try to Im- fix you? Important point is that Mo, and this is again. And that actually up. reflects what I do. Like what I do like yeah. in a relationship where I try to fix like is my a little bit or like yeah. try to be like, hey, let's improve on this. And then I'm like. Oh, no, let's just find other people. Yeah, because, because you might be great for somebody else. Th- exactly, exactly. This is just what I don't need. It's yes. not that you're a bad person. Exactly. I just, I don't need this, and like, and I need this specific thing, but you can't give it to me. I, in a therapy context, I'm really glad you brought this up. So many people tell me, they go, I don't like my therapist, but I can't leave. I feel too bad. Or I don't like my therapist. I would, I don't know. How do you stop? I know someone that's going through that right now. And I, I yeah. hear that a lot, and... I just think it's so important to say, like, you absolutely – therapists, if they're good, would want you to see someone that you'd be better suited for. Exactly. And if they have, like, negative feelings about you finding someone else, that's another reason you should get out of exactly. there, brother. Um, <laughs> dro- I mean, go find somebody else. I know it's hard, especially if it's, like, what you're dealing with has stuff to do with attachment. And sometimes a lot of people have issues confronting people. Exactly. Especially someone who's, like, supposed to help you and you're like, I feel bad. I'm going to tell you to yeah. – help me better or yeah. whatever, like do your job better. It, it's a, there's a lot of layers to it. Yeah. And it's very, and especially because you've had some type of intimate relationship with this person, it's like a breakup. It really is. You might've shared yeah, things with percent. them. You've never shared with anyone. And then you have to be like, Hey, actually I want to share them with someone else. It's like very relationshipy. Yeah. But yeah. Like I, I implore people to find it. It doesn't work unless you like are really vibing with a the therapist that just, this, the, the, how therapy works is you have to have this amazing relationship 
the therapeutic alliance, they call it clinically. How um, would you, because now I feel, I'm going to name this podcast How to Break Up your, With Your Therapist. <laughs> Let's do it, dude. <laughs> How would you, like, Great. seriously, coming from a therapist perspective, um, has anybody so, broken up with you slash how would you break up with a Absolutely. I got broken up with, I was, <laughs> as a therapist I got broken up with, I was um, working at a university in Pennsylvania, shout out PA, and I was seeing college kids. Okay. And I was seeing... Ooh. Yeah. So vulnerable. I was, and it was my favorite, by far my favorite job interview ever, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I had this guy who I just really wasn't helping him. Like I was trying everything. Mm-hmm. And I was like, at one point, I, uh, I was like a couple sessions in, I was like, let's do meditation. Yeah. Let's, um, you know, let's do like a guided meditation, blah, blah. And I thought it would really help. Mm-hmm. And... We do it, and then th- and we do it. It was like twenty minutes, and after he goes, I hated that, and I was like, oh, and then he was like, yeah, I like have. He's like actually mentioned one of the first sessions that I like don't like meditation, and I had missed that, and so I like you know he felt super you know not heard obviously, mm. and then this and then so he asked to see someone else, you know, which really at the time I was like in training, I like, really fucking hurt my feelings, and I felt like just a piece of shit, yeah. bad, you know, bad therapist, right. Um, but I was also, you know, I'm learning how to do it. But I also, I remember the per, my prevailing thought was, yeah, like, let's get someone who can help him because I'm not helping him. He's here to get better and feel better, and I'm not aiding him in any way. Yeah, but you're secure enough. But that's so important to let the audience know. Yeah. You're secure but, enough with yourself to be like, no, let's get him the help yeah. he needs. I don't care about me. And that, and that should, I, I hope that that's the most most of the therapists. Most of this, but if not, here's what you can do. Let's and so that we'll do the good and the bad. You can. There's a couple options. You can be open and be like, "Hey, I just don't. I'm not really feeling connection." Blah blah blah. You know, you can go. You can go the authentic route. Obviously, I think it's better to do that in email, and because it will be less. If you're doing it on the phone or you know, with Skype, that could be like really impossible for most people. Maybe over email. Then, if you want to go the little bit more like white lie route, you could be like, "Hey, I'm having issues with insurance. Uh, I'm switching insurance carriers." <laughs> And <laughs> that's fantastic. I'm gonna see somebody. I've, I'm getting new insurance, um, and I got, you know, got this recommendation. Blah blah. blah. You know, that's genius. That, John. I, you can always do insurance stuff. You can always okay. kind of white lie. If you want to white lie your way out of it, um, you know. Obviously, I want to like the first one being like, "Hey, communicate." It's a great practice to communicate. Hey, like I feel like you. Know, I really appreciate all the work we've done. I'm looking for a, someone a little more like this, and if that terrifies you lie about insurance and be like my insurance yeah. is shifting blah 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 I also that's, that's perfect I also want to add something to that too because I think something that helped me because I had to confront my therapist was I'm checking my parking oh yeah no you're good listening though um, something that's helped me a lot was I said hey I'm really struggling with OCD I'm, I think I need to see someone who's really OCD focused and just wants to help me with that versus yeah. like all the other stuff you've helped me with so like pick an area that you're super like that into being beautiful. like, hey, I like I'm really struggling with my OCD. I know that you can help me with that, but I actually might go to like a specialized OCD therapist. I think it's and they're great. like, oh, that's not me. Okay, go see. I need. I want you to get the help you need. Yeah, and even if that's a white lie, yeah, be, bring up a specialty they don't have. Um, you know, EMDR or whatever. <laughs> make sure they feel like they can't help you. Yeah, make sure. <laughs> make do your research because they if they're like, I'm actually spent. <laughs> Two years Jeez. at blah blah blah. I was trained in that. This is perfect. And you're like, oh fuck. Then you're gonna like corner yourself. But well, yeah. this person has six years. Do, yeah, do, <laughs> do your research. Should read their IMDb. Yeah, read their, their therapist IMDb. Yeah. I um. 
Yeah, I think that's a good one too. I'm just trying to, and there's another thing like you know, you can you can ghost your therapist too. You can be like Totally. You can, you can literally say you're don't respond. you're moving. I mean, whatever it takes you to get the care you need, it's like the therapist will have other clients, they'll figure it out, and that will lead them to find someone that they can help better too. Because if and you're not seeing them, you're opening up a spot maybe for someone who will be who will get help from them that you're not yeah. getting. And the whole point of this podcast too is like the name, I mean, doing time. It's like you're, there's so much time. Like I, I consider doing time wasting time. Yeah. Like doing time of like stuck in your head, unnecessary time of like, oh my God, I could have been doing this yes. or X, Y, Z. That's with a therapist. You're literally wasting your time. If you're like going through a session being like, how do I say this? Like, how do I get out of this? You're like, you're wasting your time. So just fucking if you don't want if you don't want to respond don't respond. Yeah. But like I feel like there I don't know I have like regrets about wasting time I don't know if like. Oh yeah, <laughs> bro. About I'm wasting co- time in my head and co- stuff like that and so I think like now I've gotten to the point where I'm like I am going to use my time wisely. Yes. So I think having that thought of like if I look back on this will I be upset that I wasted it trying yeah, because I couldn't confront her. Yeah. I couldn't confront him. You know. I, I think about that. You're, yeah, I, it resonates me re, with me what you're saying about like wasting time in your head. Mm-hmm. And for me, I think of it a lot of like physically wasting time, especially with quarantine. I got into the negative headspace of like, why aren't I, you know, like using this time more productively? I have all this time now. I used to say I never had time. Now I have this time. Why? Why haven't I learned ten new skills? Why don't I have like? Why didn't I come out like a Renaissance man who can like code and also is a doctor and like. Yes, I, yes. I just had that. Yes. It was, and that really weighed on me. Um, we just, I just talked about that with Mike about feeling guilt in the quarantine about doing, not doing enough. Yeah. And not accomplishing enough. Yeah. And because it, you had nothing to do, so you should do everything. Exactly. And then that holds you back from doing anything. Yes. So like that's the real, yes. the real kicker, man. It's like, oh, you can do a couple of things if you didn't fucking start worry so much about that you're not doing everything. Um, Oh yeah, my hard. god! It's, yeah, it's that's really frustrating. And I'm so oh god, I'm so glad quarantine's over. Are you would you consider yourself an extrovert or an introvert? Or like, do you? Or I ask people like, you know, do you get energy from being around people, or yeah. do you feel like yeah. being around people drains you? I love being around people. Yeah, it's a little that bit I more. like. <laughs> I don't like like if I don't if I it's not that because I, I have a hard time. It's not that I don't like people. I just I have dosage boundaries. Like, like in terms of how many times I could see a person, if I'm like this person's a small dose person, yeah, I can only be with you in small doses. It might drain me, but if I like you, oh, I feel like I'm on crack when I talk to people. It's yeah. so much fun. Like even you coming, I was just like, let's go, let's talk about. We had like great we first pre-pod came in here. chat. Great yeah, pre-pod great chat. pre-pod really chat. Really about no small talk about at all. Big dating, talk only. Relationships. I hadn't seen you in like two years, and yeah. I'm like, let's talk about sex. Yeah, <laughs> it's like big, and then like again, yeah. I'm big on this. I went when my fiance's uh, went to her hometown. She lives in Savannah, and what, I met one of her mom's friends, and she just like instantly started going about her life. And I was like, I fucking love this. And I was like, I love that. And, and I know when I see you too. I think there's certain people I know when I see we can just get into it yeah. and be like, let's talk about life. Let's talk about this because 
I'm someone who doesn't really judge, like, because I've been through so much that... Yeah. Like, me and my mom always joke, we're like, as long as you're not doing heroin. Because, like, my brother does heroin. So she's like, as long as you're not doing heroin, Drew, I do not care. Yeah, Like, go do off. go off. Literally yeah. go off, do whatever you want. But I love, so, I love big talk. I call it big talk. It's like, this small talk is dead, especially post-quarantine. Not wasting my fucking time with, like, the weather, whatever. It's like, how are you actually doing? I love, mm-hmm. like, the radical vulnerability for people to just be like... Yes. Yeah, like, her... her uh, my fiance's mom's friend was just like this is how i've been she was like this is like this was tough and this was blah and i was like fuck yeah bro like mm-hmm. let's talk about it and then that gave me like that cue was like okay here's how i actually am and here's i just okay, better wait, i was wait, like here's wait. who i am it was i amazing. haven't talked with so i didn't know like what you wanted to talk about on the podcast in terms of like your own journey with mental health and like how you became a therapist because i feel like i knew some of that because you've been on the podcast before yeah do you want to give me, like, a short summary of, like, how you got into it and got then how your it. quarantine was from, like... Because I feel like however your quarantine was reflects your, like... It's weird, but I feel like it reflects your values and your anxiety. Yes. Because my experience was based... My experience quarantine was my based on, like, how I am as an anxious person. Gotcha. Yeah, I agree. It it's like... I want to try to work on a bit about how, like, you're the hobbies you picked up during quarantine. Ooh, I like feel that. Your, you know, some link to like, you know, there's o- there was only, you learned how to bake bread or you went further into your alcoholism or, you know, it's yes. like, there's like, try to categorize it a yes. little bit. Um, so many people <laughs> fucking yeast in yeah, making the, bread. Yeah, it's like, there's like, there was just such a, you <laughs> know, and like we all, that was one of those things where like, oh, I would have made a joke about this, but I can't because we're locked in my houses. But my, yeah. my therapy thing is, Went to, I've been a late bloomer in every possible way of my life, physically and career wise. It's all, I've always taken a like more time to get the, to figure myself out. Um, so I went to school, went to, uh, for undergrad, and I remember they were like, my parents handed me this paper, and they're like, pick a major. And I was like, I don't fucking know. And then I just like picked business, like which is hilarious. Yeah. If it's also met, just the most general major. And if you've ever been around me for more than ten seconds, like it's just it's hilarious. It's the opposite of who you are. To be business yeah. is insane. And so I'm in business for like a year. And <laughs> We're like, just talking about who you fucking. Yeah, it's like, right when you walked. It's like, like yeah. it's like I'm not business. No, I'm not a business at the guy. The opposite of business. Yeah. I'm not a business guy. And so they go, we. uh you know, I like, then somebody comes into my uh, undergrad classroom. They're like, signs are in the wrong major. And then I was like, every single one of them. And I was loving mm. my psych courses. I've always been fascinated about human behavior and the mind. And then get an undergrad in psych and then take a year off and then go to grad school, which I, at University of Lehigh, which I fucking absolutely adored. It was amazing. Um, it made me, it t- taught me so much about life and I, I just can't speak that they're like a huge like they like they like they're doing like the real work on like mm. racism and shit and like um that's surprising studying, I feel like, like most people don't like, like studying systemic racism and how to like mm. the best ways to dismantle it right and it's like and wow. I will say that like you know any every university has its you know it's not like perfect but I really it really like you know, opened my eyes to a lot of things I fucking love it and even though I may not be a counselor ever, ever again I do not regret my time doing my time mm. in school. I don't. It was. I learned so fucking much. Uh, had a bunch of internships. Moved here, and I think maybe my life would be different if I didn't have my first job be that counseling hotline <laughs> thing. I think that kind of gave me a bad taste of the mm. um, of this career. And well, the, yeah. you're you're dealing with people at their wit's end versus like counseling. It's like, how's your week? How's yeah. your day? Tell me about it. There like, was no it's fluff. It's extreme. Yeah. No. Yeah. And I yeah, and I just got burnt out, and it was like. 35 calls a day, three years, burnout. And so maybe, who knows, but I just do feel like I'm kind of 
that career is like in my in my rearview mirror, and I, I look mm. fondly up, up back on some of it for sure. Yeah. But so that's my my uh, how you got into how that. I got into it, mm-hmm. and I just I'd always been interested. I'm a third born. I'm the I'm the baby only boy third born. Okay, um, and I've always been like. Yeah, I don't know. I've just always been like a more emotional dude. Like I've always been. I don't know if it's because I've grew up in a house that had three women, um, and one <gasps> sexist. I'm just kidding. Sexist. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's like. Well, I think I think if you're fascinated with the human mind, you're emotional. I just think that because yeah. I think when you're fascinated with the human mind, that's you, an interesting. I've never heard that point perspective. But I think that I like though, that. because I'm I'm pretty emotional and like actually I don't know I'm in tune with my emotions. I know exactly how I feel, and I think when you're fascinated with the human mind, you like to know how people's thoughts work. How it's like I mean, when you go to therapy, it's like you learn how thoughts lead to what, what is it? Thoughts lead to actions, which behavior. Well, there's the thought feeling behavior. Thought triangle. feeling behavior. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And so like I think if you know about that, you it, it creates this self awareness. And I feel like people who are self-aware are more in tune with their emotions. And you might consider yourself emotional. You might not be emotional. You might just be, like, self-aware or in tune with your emotions. Because, like, I majored in psych. And because I was, like, fascinated with, like, how people make decisions. And I always wanted to know, like, why people who are, like, quote, crazy are crazy. Yeah. And And I learned so much. And that helped me be more in tune. I mean, especially in tune with, like, myself and my emotions and my behavior and how all of those things like lead to my behavior. Yeah. And now, I mean, yeah, and this isn't even like addressing the point that I was making, but I feel like now that I know that pattern, I can stop it in its tracks before my behavior happens. Yeah. So my OCD is like really just, it's like when it's bad, it's bad. Um, and I'm able to like cut it off before it gets to that bad point. Now. Yeah. But it used to run my life. Pre college? What do you mean? Um, used to? It used to run my life. Like, before I went to a program for OCD, like, I did exposure therapy for, like, like two Amazing. months. Amazing. How was that? It was really difficult and really hard. Um, and I, like, cried a lot. But, like, it changed my whole entire life. And because the reason I say it changed my life is because it's still the skills I learned I still use. And usually people, when they go to therapy, kind of use them for two weeks. It's, like... It's that thing where people are like, I'm going to do this. And yeah. then they do it for two weeks and they're like, oh, whatever. But it actually stuck with you. It stuck with but me. But it was so fucking, it was like boot camp, it sounds like. It was boot camp, but it, it stuck with me, like, because um, I'm trying to think of an example that I can, because that I, there's an example I have, and I'm not comfortable sharing it yet. Yeah, um, by all means. But um, I'm trying to think of an example of, like, how I've used those skills. Oh, um, I have OCD with reading. So if I read a book and I like feel like I don't understand it or I don't interpret it the way that it's intended to, I'll like read it seven times and then be like, well, it means this, it means this, it means this. And then I encompass everything and I have to say like one, two, three, one, two. Like I have really bad ritualistic OCD. And what they taught me at the program was to, I had to read I couldn't look back. I had to kept keep going forward, keep going forward. And recently I was getting in that mindset because I'm reading a book about sleep, which is like really fucking interesting um and i was like wait does the scientific study mean this or this and i was like wait but this doesn't matter it's not going to affect like i'm not going to remember this in a day and then i just kept reading and i kept like and every time i went back to that thought of like should i reread it i was like nope keep going keep going keep going and the more you keep going the more whatever i was thinking about becomes less and less important so wow. you know so i just think 
less and less important in terms of how much I'm holding on to that one line I didn't understand or whatever. Yeah. And so like that program, I still think, what would they tell me to do? Because it helped me so much where like I thought I would never be the point I, I thought I would never be at the point I was like with, in a good place is what I'm saying with OCD. I thought I would never like get, not get over it, but like calm it down. And I have improved like, I'd say 90%. I'm so glad to hear that, man. It's beautiful. Thank that, like, you. OCD is like you. one of the things people don't realize is like, it's, yeah. it's a night, it's a fucking nightmare. Yeah. I, I quit diving because of it. Like I was on the dive team. I did division one for like two years. And then I just, I quit because I would stare at the water and fantasize myself about hitting my head and smacking and hitting the water. Oh man. And I'm so sorry. No, dude. it's okay. It's just like that. And I, I mean, I'm glad I did quit. Cause like, I, there's really nothing in it for me. I wasn't going to the Olympics. Like, you know, but um, I think that like getting a handle on it is one of the hardest things to do. But like, if you can find a program that helps you calm it down, if you like improve in any way, you have to remember what they told you to do. Yeah, I think it just helps so much. In the I think future. you're right. Uh, first of all, I want to say I'm so happy for you that you, you. went to that program that really worked. Exposure um, therapy works. It's a motherfucker. But. It's yeah. That's like one of the more intense ones, and it's like also fucking fascinating. But it's, it's like yeah, a, a, it works. So like, I just have so much love for you that you um, were able to like you know help Thank yourself. You. And it's like and credit to you, like you put in the work. Like it's like I said, boot camp. Like you, you know, you fucking did the work. To oh feel my god, better. yeah. I mean, I used to because um, I had an eating disorder where I would like it was mainly OCD. So it was like, I would eat the same things at the same times. And if I like, if it was 12 on the 1201, I'd be like, no, I have to eat at 12. And then I'd eat like the same things. And now I, I'm like completely the opposite. I eat whatever I want at any time I want, you know, but, um, they used to like give me a snack at a random time. And I remember I ate something at a random time. Cause I was like starving. Cause I like was losing weight and stuff. And then I cried. I started bawling because they gave me a Nutrigrain bar and I like ate it. Yeah. At like 3 p.m. Yeah. And it freaked me out. And like, but that's what got me through it. Because I was like, after I cried, I was like, oh, this isn't a big deal. You know? But like going through that was really difficult for me. And I think like, I feel like the more, this sounds really crazy, but I think the more extreme therapy is and the more hard they are on you because they're so hard there so hard on you they'd be like well why are you sad like they make you like yeah dig deep which yeah. is super hard for most yeah. people they're making you put yeah it's like con- it's like concentrated it's like try it's like you're trying to take like what would take weeks into like and like shrink it into this like okay what like what's going on here you know like really get in there because it's more when you have a more extreme like you know when you're not at neurotypical, as they say, and you're dealing with OCD, like in like let's say an intense OCD, mm-hmm. they're like they're trying to like hyper focus y'all on like what you know to try Why to re- you do what you do, and, to, and they're trying to rewire your brain. Yes, exactly. And like you could put what I always like something I was so so fascinated to learn is that we always think of like medication, medication, medication in this country, but <laughs> therapy rewires your brain. Like a really yeah. good conversation with a friend can rewire your brain. It doesn't have to Very be chemical. True. Very that true. Exposure therapy with no meds. Re- probably rewired your brain to a certain point where it's, you know you said like ninety percent or whatever like whatever they it put is. me on new medication and exposure and therapy. oh so you got doubled up I got double whammied and yeah. that I'm still on the same cocktail that I was 
given. Isn't that such a fun word to talk about mental health mm-hmm. drugs? I just yeah. love cocktail for mm-hmm. thing, like I just I just picture like a drink. Are with, you on like, anything? No, I should be. Uh, <laughs> they. Uh, yeah. I just picture like a, a like a drinking glass with like a pill that's like a garnish, like a, like a yes, you know all my I, pills in there. Yeah. yeah, I picture that. Like I just think cocktail is such a fun. I'm way on to like sing. the best cocktail though. Like Hell I yeah. and and. I judge myself for it sometimes, but then I'm like, oh, then my OCD, like, because I obsess, and I'm like, yeah. should I be on this? And then I'm like... If it's working, it's, it's my thing with meds. is like, if it works, it, it works. It works. I think mm-hmm. some people... I'm, like, anti-meds for, like, uh, like uh, just the pharmaceutical industry or blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But, like, if meds work for you, go off. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm not going to shit on anyone's fucking happiness. No, and I, I think... Cause so I'm on an antidepressant, a mood stabilizer, and then something for sleep. And then what I'm on for sleep helps me with my depression. Because I realize when I stop taking it, it's an antipsychotic, which sounds nuts. Yeah, but, like, but that is yeah, that's just like yeah, it's just a slang term for like dep- helps depression. Yeah. Um, and when I don't take it, I just get super sad. Yeah. And so I think it helps my serotonin levels. Hell well, yeah! Whatever, what whatever keeps those good chemies pumping in the brain. Yeah. Whatever, it, whatever <laughs> um, it takes, Drew. So. Let's get into your quarantine. Like what? Quarantine. Okay. So my hobby got into like, I've always been like that white guy who loves cooking. Um, like love, love, love to cook. And I really got into That's cooking. That's not really a white guy thing though. Like, it's I like, feel no, like... I love Bourdain. And it's like, you know, it's oh, like, yeah, you know, it's but... like we make, you know, we make, everyone makes fun of like, you know, it's like there's a certain, t- I guess it's just because my Instagram. It's like all these like dudes who are like trying to be like Instagram chefs. So maybe that's just kind of my experience. Yeah. But like that's the like, I'm like, I love this, you know, like I got into like making lamb or whatever. So I was like cooking like crazy. And then I, either, at the very beginning, I got, I remember like, remember, remember when we got the shelter in place order mm-hmm. from the mayor mm-hmm. and it was like very, very like, wow, this is like scary kind of. Mm-hmm. I remember that day I had, a, I had a, I bought Pokemon for the Nintendo Switch and I played it for like eight <laughs> hours for three days and like beat it. I was just like, I'm going to play it. I kind of was like regression. My friend David Melendez calls it regression depression. When you're oh like my God. Going yeah. back into video games when you're feeling like Oh, I know so many people who like did that. Yeah. yeah. It's, an, it's, an, that's play, another category of people. I had a Sonic phase during quarantine. Yes. That's another category of people who was like played video the game. same level for three days <laughs> for three days that bro is, to beat it i played the same level of this racing I game and i finally beat it and i was like who's gonna know yeah. who's gonna fucking know like I shouting from that. the rooftops the you rooftops. know how many coins i just collected sonic is so like so, it's what an amazing ocd uh it was bad like it was bad. game for you to have yeah so uh-huh. i so that happens then i like yeah, drop that face cooking 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 and then i got into this habit of where like you know when people for me and this is a thing a thing a lot of people do when you're not feeling well mentally you look for short term pleasures so it's like eating a lot of yes. eating a lot of edibles playing a lot of video games watching a lot of movies smooching a lot with my lady being a middle like, schooler and it was like oh i'm happy because i'm doing all these things that make me feel really yeah. good in 15 20 30 minute intervals and i was doing that over and over again oh. and so i didn't know i wasn't feeling well because you're like I'm feeding the fucking dragon. I'm just like, oh, You're like distracting I'm, yourself. Exactly. And then, so I did that for a long ass time. I also wasn't working during quarantine. So I'm like, you know, just like that was obviously weighing on me heavily. And I talked about in therapy, one of the reasons it took me so long to get back to work, I'm working now, is that I hated my job so much with the, the therapy call center that she's like, You're like looking at, 
when you think about getting back to work, you think about going in and like being a super physiologically activated and you're like literally avoiding that because your body is like rejecting because you had such a horrible experience at your last mm. job. And once I like got through, once I was that's like, like, okay, but that's like exposure therapy. Exactly. Where it's like your, your body that the point of, I'm saying that's the point of exposure therapy. Yeah. You are, you're afraid of a stimulus. So your body's going to do everything to not confront that stimulus. Exactly. So you're like, I'm not going to confront the fact that I need to like, you know, go in or whatever. Because like, I wanted, like, I want money and I want, like, I wanted of to course. get off, you know, I wanted to, like, and I couldn't figure out why. And then she, once we got that, that was, like, literally session one because she's a fucking absolute amazing yeah. person. Like, she didn't even do an intake. She was like, let's get to figure this out. And then after that, it was, like, huge flip switched. And, you know, I was able to, like, like, that's kind of what broke me free of not feeling well is mm-hmm. working. And then, but yeah, so I wasn't, yeah, I had, it was like watching movies, um, a lot of edibles for a long last time. And then it just, you know, just, again, I hate to like be like the therapy guy, but it's like, you know, getting therapy, going back to work, just like my brain, like literally feels so different. And I quit smoking weed, which I told you when I got yes. here. Um, How do you been, do that? Asking uh, for a friend. <laughs> I just, I just started, it was like. Right before I started therapy, this is, I guess, again, six. I've been saying six weeks for a while. It feels longer, but I think it actually is just six or seven weeks. But I think I've been saying six weeks when it was two weeks. Uh, like, for real. Now Probably feels like yeah. that. Yeah. And so I Probably just. so much fucking time. Like, and then you're just like, holy shit. And the rewiring my brain, it's like, yeah. oh, I'm very like, oh, I forgot. Like, I've always been like, oh, I have a ba- I am not good with people's names. I have a bad memory. It's like, no, I actually, all that shit I'm great at. I was just. I had pot for two fucking 10 years. So quit smoking. That is like lifted like this fog. My thing with weed is that like if you're smoking or taking edibles at night, it makes it really hard to wake up the next morning. Mm -hmm. It makes me obviously lazy, lethargic, whatever, mentally slow. And now that that's lifted, I feel like just so much better, more creative, like – I'm like evangelical with like the stop smoking weed thing as it relates to comedy. But overall, what it's really doing is it's making me feel better mm-hmm. and less depressed. And so I'm happier and everything in my life is better because my my, my brain is functioning. Better. I think that's amazing. That's incredible. I, I really – like I tried – I think I quit for like a week once and I was like, oh, this is nice. But then I just like went back to it. And I think I'm going to start doing that because I've had this issue where like – I walk my dog and people like talk to me because my dog meets other dogs and I'm like, uh, and my brain is just like fucking molasses and it's like, I'll be like, uh, fuck you, you're high. Like just say something. And I, I can't like, yeah, it just, it's a music. And it makes me feel like a bum, you know? I just like, I, and I will never say like, you know, some people I've had, you know, I'm like living the most privileged life in the fucking world as like a white, straight, cis, tall person and I like gotta throw in the tall, tall priv. Yeah. And it's like I have that I, I have to say that when I bring this up because like for some people they need to medicate with weed to like get through what it's like, you know, a day to be like, you know, being black in America. I don't you know, it's mm-hmm. like you know, mm-hmm. it's like so I'm not gonna be like, don't smoke weed. It's like fuck that. Like I'm not that fucking dense. Mm-hmm. But like for me and my my journey, it's really helped me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I understand that that people aren't afforded that privilege that I am right. to like I don't have nearly the daily stressors that like uh, other folks have. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man, it, it, it has like, I think too, like, I don't know if you experienced this, but recently I've been like trying to dig deep in myself and realize like 
my tendencies and why I do what I do and like why I think what I think. Yeah. And I have such a clear mind. And sometimes when I'm sober, I'm like, oh, I like myself sober. Like, why don't I just stay sober? Yeah. Not, not, I, I want to drink. Like, yeah, and drinking. I will, and I will say, since I quit smoking weed, my drinking has gone up. <laughs> 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 I will say, it's like, it feels like whack a mole. Yeah. It's like, and then, <laughs> and I'm not like college drinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah. it's like, uh, I, you know, I was getting good at like going to a show and only having one drink, and then it's like, oh, this is a brewery show. You get unlimited drinks. It's like, okay, I'll have every four. show I have, I have four drinks. Yeah, and it's like why, like uh, like hard drinks. Yeah, and, and yeah. But the thing about drinking is like, you know, you're like, that's what you're. If you're drinking, you're gonna do drinking for the rest of the duration of the day. Yeah. Weed is like, you got to function throughout your day if you're high. Yeah. You know, it's not like a thing that you it's do. Complete, they're they're like, completely different. They're completely two different They're, com- they're so substances. separate. And, the, and yeah. with alcohol, it's like, I have my own, like, I've always been pretty decent about like, I'm not one that, you know, again, college was very different. Like blackout kind of thing. I'm not one, yeah, like, again, now is, a, you know. Right. I'm not saying I didn't have that phase. Mm-hmm. But now I don't have an issue where, like, I go to the club and I'm, like, going to get hammered and, like, say weird shit. You know, I'm, like, I can have yeah. two or three drinks, but I'm just noticing that my intake is, like, oh, I'll, like, more likely now to have, like, a wine with dinner. Terrence Hartney once told me he was, like, sober from weed and booze for a while. And he goes, weed and booze, like, soften the edges of life. So when you're, like, when you're not doing those things, like, you feel the edges of life more. And I, that really resonates with me. Because now that I'm not smoking weed, true. when I'm, like, I'm, like, you know, I'm, like, I don't have that, like, pacifier of mm-hmm. weed. I'm, like, more easily agitated at things than if I wouldn't be if I. But do you think, I think that that's important to get more agitated at things yes. because then you're like why am I angry let's work on my anger exactly. but, if you didn't, but if you didn't fucking have if you're smoking weed you're not going to get angry you it's masking everything exactly and that's my problem that's what like my problem is I'm realizing like I I don't know I was like yesterday I was um with a bunch of people and my phone died and I was like oh let me just be me for a second I'm not going to go on my phone I don't I'm, I wasn't high I wasn't drunk I was like I'm a bunch around a bunch of people. I need to like be more vulnerable because being vulnerable helps you discover about yourself. Yeah. And it's like, I think, and it's hard. No one wants to be vulnerable, but like having a phone is a pacifier. That's also a drug. This is the biggest, this is my next. Yeah. But it's your next. It, this is my next thing. Okay. I'm working on. Well, like to the audience, my fucking 20 listeners, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I read this book called how to break up with your phone. And Again, it was one of those phases that lasted like a couple months and then I kind of picked up my phone again and started using it more. Yeah. Um, a ton of tips and tricks and teaches you why it's designed to make... It's, it's, it's this is to, capitalism. Yeah. This little tiny like thing is capitalism. Is and I am on it right now to check my parking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's different, but it's no, designed... It is, no, it's the same thing. It's, desi- <laughs> it's designed to make you addicted to it. They go into the science behind the bright colors, the LED, like the resolution and how that's very appealing to people's eyes so you constantly want to pick it up and like every notification makes you feel a certain way like sometimes when i get like a certain notification i feel it like i'm like oh yes this person texted me back or yeah yeah like there's receptors that fire off that say okay this is good this is good and then it depletes again it's kind of like nicotine where it's like it depletes and then you just want to keep doing it again and again and i read the book and it helped me so much like putting like simple things you can do like putting um the little messages app on like the second or third page on your phone so you don't instantly open it and check your messages you text less you change your phone screen to black and white because that's like supposed to help you not use your phone as much 
and then rearranging your apps. Like there's a whole entire th- setting timers for how long you can use Instagram, yeah. and then it closes out after that. Yeah, I gotta set the timers. So t- I'm gonna read this book. Tucker Brookshire gave me this fucking amazing hint. Uh, there is this box. I don't know if you heard about this. You can buy it on Amazon. And you put, oh, I know. Mm-hmm. You put your phone in the box, set the timer, and lock it. Because I'm one of the like I don't believe in free How much will does it people. Cost? Seventy bucks, best seventy bucks I've ever spent in my life. Right. Oh, I you like, use it. I use it. Like I'll do. It's like I try to do two or three hours a day. And it's like, I literally will like sometimes take the box and look at it. I'm like, that's how addicted to my phone I am. It's like unbelievably sickening. But that's what I'm saying about being vulnerable. You need to do that shit. So you're like, this is how addicted I am. Yeah, because I had to look at myself and be like, because I, at one time I was on my computer, I was trying to write shit. I was trying to do comedy shit. And I like saw something pop up on the internet. And I was like, oh my God, I want to like be on my phone right now. And I like took, I like took the box and I was like, can I like get this out? And I was like, what? is your problem. problem. <laughs> and it was, again, I was a mirror. Yeah. Like, and it's also, mine is clear, so sometimes I can see my face in it, and I'm like, oh, bro. Lord. I'm like looking nightmare. at it like it's like a just fucking... a nightmare. I'm just like, dude. And that, so that, this is my next project, mental health project, is um, unplugging, not being on my phone as much. Um, I mean, especially now with the quarantine, right, like it's over, me and... My fiance, like we're both so much more busy, and I catch me like we'll like be out to dinner or whatever, and I'm like I'm on my phone. It's like why the like? I should- Do you find it harder though? I feel like it's harder to be a comedian and not use your phone because like I used to. So I deleted Instagram for like a couple of years, and mm-hmm. I had no problem with it. But then once I started doing stand up, I needed it because like I love promoting my shows. That's how all my friends get to my shows. Yeah. is Instagram. Every yeah, I mean, friend is by, like, oh, that's yeah. by far the app I'm on the most, and it's like. It's so funny. It just kind of it dates us a little bit because it's like oh, Facebook is like lame and we're Instagram. No, I don't go on Facebook. But yeah. like we're Instagram people, but like the kid, like the young kids are on TikTok. And so it's like, and then there'll be a new thing. I think I want to delete TikTok because yeah. I, I like, I used to not go on it that much. And now I go on it knowing I'm going to fall into a hole. And then I got a video that was like, you're watching too much. You need to go to sleep. And I immediately put my phone down and went to sleep. It was 3 a.m. It was 3 a.m., John. I, I need, uh, you're, you're, yeah, I've, I don't have a TikTok. I'm like, I'm like, Oh, everyone is like, I'm seeing everyone have such success with it with like, you know. I feel like it's kind of a phase though. Yeah. I think, I think there will be the next, I'm sure there'll be a new app in a couple of years, right? That will be like, that's Yeah. And it's like, I like it, but then I think I, I kind of started to get bored of it. And like, I used it as a way to post my standup and I actually did get like a lot more followings on Instagram. I got like a couple of my videos got like over 50,000 views and like all this shit. And I... Got a lot of Jew hate. I will say that. Oh, like, I posted God. this one Jewish joke, and it did really well. I got, like, you know, it feels, I mean, listen, validation feels good. Yeah. Yes, does it feel good to get over 10,000 likes? Of course. Yeah. Of course. The 10,000 dopamine releases. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, is, like, you know, and the comments never, like, got to me, but, like, I think knowing that, like, I, okay, this is my point. Like, my... Some people would comment, like, I posted a couple of Jewish jokes, like, really anti-Semitic shit. And I'm like, but I'm on this app, too. So that makes me kind of the same, like, not, like, level as this person, but, like, I'm using this platform as a way to, like, perform stand-up and all these things. But I think, like, knowing that there's people on this app that are just stupid and idiots, I'm like, am I also a stupid idiot for participating in, like, the TikTok world? Like, yeah, we're yeah. on the same platform. Do you ever see that thing that's, like, if uh, don't argue with an idiot because from the distance people can't tell who's who. It's like mm. that's you know that's kind of can, that's, that's how it feels when I'm like looking at 
yeah, when I'm looking at Instagram or whatever, like sometimes I'll see, you know, like people posting like, okay, so there's some video and then I see the comments and there's these people posting some fucking horrible shit, whatever, mm-hmm. one of the isms. And I'm like, I want to get on there and just be like, you know, you like light them up. But it's like, that's not the work. You know what I mean? It's like, that's no, not, no, you know what I mean? No. It's like, that's not, like that's some kind of some white knight garbage. And it's like, I, I, yeah, sometimes you're like, what I, I, is engaging with this person? Is that going to be a net positive? No, it's like me just kind some of. Some of the comments like do hurt though. Like, yeah. and they, and I, and I never. And I'm sorry that you experienced that. That's fucking No, nasty. it's okay. And like, I honestly, I, I thought it was funny. I was like, I've made it. Cause I'm like, clearly if they care about this, they're going to comment. So like they took the time out of their day to do that. And that's like, I also, but I'm the type of person though, who feels compassion for people who are like rude good for you because i hurt like, people in hurt real people life. exactly hurt people hurt people it, exactly and like i and and i know that i mean i've experienced in real life for people who are mean to me and i'm like i'm sorry for you that you feel like you have to treat me like this to make yourself feel better you know yeah. so like i don't it doesn't like bother me so much but i'm like wait i'm on the i'm on an app with like idiots and like just fucking doorknobs of people yeah. so like why would i participate in this you know yeah. and I feel like I'm just going to use it to like post my own stand up stuff. But I also. That's a self promotion thing, man. It's like you want to go out and do the social I media know, thing so and self promote. And you feel like almost that if you're not doing it, you're not like being like doing the business side of comedy. But then you're also opening yourself up to like hateful shit mm-hmm. if, you know, mm-hmm. and like being online more. Which Someone is comments horrible. with like gas her. Yeah. It's I was like, like what? Yeah, it's like we're in twenty twenty one. Fucking insane! Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like that, and like that person wrote that, and is like, and, went, then, and then went on with their day, and then it's like, right? How? And then that's like you're gonna remember that forever. <laughs> yeah, like, and exactly, Jesus and like Christ. I don't, and I think like for me, I n- I don't think about things, but then once I start to think about it, I'm like, it actually the anti-Semitic stuff. If if you say I'm not funny, like I have so many people, women aren't funny, like on my comments, I'm like whatever, but like. The Jewish stuff really hurts me because that's like an actual thing that's going yeah. on in and, yeah, life, you know, especially you with like murdered. It's like you can be murdered for being a woman and get murdered for being Jewish. That's like this exa- is exactly. this is real stakes for you of like mm-hmm, people, mm-hmm. yeah. And like, Ugh. and I yikes. And I've experienced like anti-Semitism in life, like the passive-aggressive stuff, and like, bro. Okay, I'll give you an example. I was out at a bar after a show. The bartender was taking so long because like there's no servers anymore. So understaffed. And this guy's really cute, but I'm waiting by the bar and he's like, What's your name? Blah, blah, blah. Start talking. He's like, Are you Arab? And I was like, Which I can like kind of see because I'm like, I have dark eyes and dark hair, but I'm like, That's okay, whatever. Yeah. And I was like, No, um, I'm Jewish. That was his first thing he said to you? No, we, kind of. <laughs> like, it was it was definitely in the beginning of the conversation. Bad start. Right? Tripping out, tripping out the gate. Really cute guy. And I, and I go. Can't enough how hot this guy who was trying to fetishize you was. <laughs> <laughs> he was an absolute piece. <laughs> he really was. But I, after I talked to him, absolutely not. But he was like, are you Arab? And I said, no, I'm Jewish. So, like, I, like, see how you can see that. Because my family, like, lives in Israel type of deal, you know? And he was like, I'm Palestinian. And I was like, oh, good, good for you. Like, okay. I was like, oh, cool. He's like, sorry to make it awkward. And I was like, you just made it awkward. 
I don't care. I'm in Lakeview. No one should ever say the word, sorry to make it awkward. It's just like... That's Let never, it be awkward yeah, if it's awkward. Yeah. You don't have to announce the awkwardness. It's like, we'll get... It's like, we'll find our way out of this together as... But if you say that, it's almost impossible. Exactly. And then he goes, you don't have to talk to me if you don't want to. And I was like, okay, now this is getting weird, right? And he goes, Where's you, where are you from? And he said, I'm from Schaumburg, blah, blah, blah. He goes, are you from Des Plaines? And I was like, what? what? Like, why are you asking? Like, no. So I was like, I'm from Deerfield. And he goes, oh, that's so Jewish. And I was like, you could just hear, like, the tensions in, like, like the, te- the tension. I guess, like, you could feel the tensions of, like, the conflict right now. Yeah. And people are so fucking sensitive. And I just experienced so much passive-aggressive anti-Semitism, I guess would be the word. Um of like being like oh that's so jewish and i was like okay that's just getting a little weird like yeah. i can tell you don't like jews like yeah. you know and it's hard because it's kind of like when people it, it's like how is that my fault like i was i was born jewish what yeah. do you what do you want you know it's it's very like and i walked away i just walked yeah. away i was like this is so oh, fucking weird God. and that's so like... yeah it was just very awkward yeah. and like i i I think for me, the hardest part, again, is like with with someone that's rude. Hard to understand how someone could be like that. Again, same with anti-Semitism. Hard to understand how someone could be like that. It's really difficult for me to get because I don't. I would never hate anybody for their culture, or their race, right, yeah, or anything. Like, and so it's hard for me to be like, how could I be mad at someone for something they were born into? That's not their fault. Yeah, yeah. There's like there's a, a hard time to have empathy. Like we talked about the hurt people, hurt people thing, and like mm-hmm. the person who's like screaming at you with road rage probably has like a shitty home life. But like when that's the thing, it's like that past just like isn't that really extended for racism sexism homophobia because it's like it's like this is like some bare minimum shit and to respect other people is like yeah it is hard i got in some facebook arguments like last july and was like you know i just like it just i just don't understand how this is like we're not all on the same page here this seems like some day one shit to me yeah you know it's and like, like and so it's hard to have empathy for these people hard to have empathy for these people but we should but it's, i guess it's right? difficult like should i was we? listening to christina and tom Segura and like how she was like do men have to be taught like not because they're so sexual like not to rape women he's like no you just know not to rape people and if you do like clearly that's a part of you that like you're not it wasn't that oh you did it because you were you know no one told you not to do it you know which this is such an extreme example but like with the Judaism thing, it's like you don't you shouldn't have to be explained to not be racist or explained to not be homophobic. You should know that by growing up and being like, okay, it's not okay to hate someone for their cult, culture, class, sex, race, whatever it might be, yeah. sexual orientation. And I think it's something that like if you don't get it, it's almost like I st- I still have compassion for those people. I'm like I don't understand how you don't get how to not hurt people. Yeah, no one should have to tell you not to do. You should know by getting social cues and experiencing life. Yeah. Like, it shouldn't be that hard. Yeah, I know. It's, I'm trying to think of, like, what's, like, the most, like, fucking radical, like, like radical compassion way to view these people. And I'm, like, I, I just, I, I am coming up short because it's, like, because um, then we've, we, you know, I've, you know, had, like, sexism, racism, homophobia, I've, you know, been all those things and, like, we've all embodied them with, like, the culture that we're in in America mm-hmm. and it's, like, I guess I'm trying to think, like, you know, we're probably not as far off from those people as we'd like to imagine, but it's, like, I'd like, you know, having compassion for those people, it will be a daily project, I'll say that. 
I try, you know just a I mean? dose. I just think you should have a dose of like, why are they acting like that? Oh, because they're probably like most homophobic people are gay. Yeah. So it's like you have to be like, wow, that sucks for them. Maybe they're closeted. Me and my partner talk about this a lot, where it's like, it's a if somebody is really angry all the time, it's a really good bet that they're not coming the way they want to be or at all. So it's like. <laughs> That's a real, it's always a good, it's always a, we always say it's always a good guess. We're like, why is this person horrible? It's like, oh, they're probably like repressed, like crazy. Mm -hmm. And it's like, imagine what it would be like to like fucking not, you know, for whatever that is, gender identity, sexual, you know, whatever. You're very true. Like, they're like, sex is so important. It's so important. It's such a big part of life. And like, oh, it's like, it's, we just say it's always a good guess that there, you know, that there is something going on there. It's like, I think that's a Mm -hmm. major sort. And like, you know, yeah. I Christina think literally just watched this on Instagram. She just said that the two reasons people get divorced, two main reasons, sex and money. Yeah. And rock and roll. And <laughs> rock and roll, baby. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, but yeah, man. it's. A, I mean, it's a huge thing. People don't realize how important that is in a relationship. And like when it starts to fizzle off, you need to fucking have sex. Like, yeah. especially men. Like, that's, that's a real thing. Yeah, I mean, it's such an important part of life. Um, I want to go back to like that when you said about like, the teaching people not to rape thing. It's like that's such an interesting point. I do think that like I I saw this you know some you know we like, learn everything on Instagram. It's like this. Right, in- get your foot off the cord. Sorry. I just don't want it to like fuck up Thank the you. audio. This yeah, infographic good. of like some kid was like asked this girl out and she said no, and then he was talking to like a female relative and she's like, you know, you have to do now. Right. And he goes, I know I got to keep asking. And she's like, no, you leave her alone. Mm. But it's like, I think we do have to kind of like a lot of the, you know, our culture, like that we live, like the rape culture that we live in is very like never give up. And I do think we need to like <laughs> teach, try to like, read, be like, no, no, no. It's like, you know, that's not like, I think there is, should be like a radical shift in how we learn and how to pursue people. Um, cause I hate Amen. Whole, Amen. Seriously. It's like, there's not this, like, because I hate the fucking, like, oh, it's like, oh, I can't talk to people anymore. I can't talk to women anymore. No, like, now you're victim play. Yeah, it's like, now you're victim play. I mean, I'll, what? No, like, you can't talk to her. Pick yeah, someone else. Yeah. It's Pick like, someone else, brother. It's like, oh, I can't cat. I can't make someone feel like the, I'm, I can't threaten their life a little bit. It's yeah. like, fuck. It's like, no, it's like you can't. But why would you want someone that you would have to chase that much? Yeah, That's what like, I'm getting. Like, why? Yeah. And it's just like, no, I do think we have. I do think we have, like, to that, to their, to like, whatever. Yeah, I do think we have to teach people not to rape. I, that, I guess. I, yeah. And I know it's like, that sounds crazy to say. But, but, I, but I think you know you're, you're getting mean, more like, into, like, you're getting into more of, like, the. Uh, I guess aggressive pursuing someone versus yeah. raping because that, that that's like rape culture. I guess say okay, that, that's yeah, what I'll say. Yeah, exactly. And I say if we're gonna like dismantle it, it's like and again, this is like the I'm, the, I, I'm a man talking about I'm gonna you know I, you know it's never this yeah, movement will not come from me. You're a good man though, so it's like this. I know this is like a woman led thing. Uh, people, uh, people without penises led thing, and um, I but I just do th- I do think that we need to have like a radical like shift in how we how we educate boys about sex and you know I don't know I, I pray I think that's true I think yeah. that's true and I I'll think they'll like lead up to sex obviously you need to be taught like cause yeah it's like yeah it's just I just but I don't know I just feel like if you're I just I don't know I feel like you can learn so much from your friends from like all you know just how to act yeah it should be I, I like it's what's so tough about it, I think a major barrier I think about this a lot is that parents 
we don't have like a very open sex. Even though we like sex sells everything, we don't have an open sexual like culture. As no, far as like not at all. Parents feel too ashamed to talk about sex with their kids. Right. And so kids learn about sex from porn and mm. movies. And that's like I think that the teacher of it is like the evil is like really where a lot's getting lost. Right. Versus like, wouldn't it be amazing if like parents felt comfortable enough to talk about sex with their kids <coughs> that they could get edu- like tender education from a caregiver instead of uh, learning about it from American Pie. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, what, absolutely. Which is like how starting I starting the conversation. <laughs> you need to start the. I mean, you need to start the conversation. I mean, I feel like we've the whole entire time we've just like this past hour we've just talked about how to be vulnerable, and it's like parents need to be vulnerable yeah. and talk about sex. They're with terrified. Their kids. I remember my dad one time said he was like. He literally said, he goes, it's terrifying to talk about sexuality with your kids. He's like, it's, t- it's terrifying. And I'm like, I'm not having kids. Um, Legu. Bless God. up. But uh, you're welcome, everyone. And <laughs> you're welcome, Earth. And uh, Earth. you're welcome, Earth. But I uh, I couldn't imagine. And it's like, again, it's like easier fucking said than done. But that's the work that needs to be done, man. It's like, especially if, you know, young boys and shit. Yeah. Um, and just, yeah, just like how we sexualize kids. Like you see, it's like, oh, he's a lady killer. Like literally saying, Ooh. oh, he's a little lady killer, mm-hmm. which is like a crazy fucking word to say to a two-year-old, so, you know? Like oh he's my flirting God, yeah. with you. It's like, bro, the kid is fucking three, right. you know? Yeah. Ugh. It so true. So that young. is true. It, it does starts so very young, true. Bro. Very true. Yeah. Or like when a girl is like, you're going to be a heartbreaker. Yeah. It's like, ugh, mm-hmm. God. You're going to be a homewrecker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're, like gonna be you're not going to ho- cook and clean. You're just going to get fucked <laughs> in every room in the house. <laughs> you're going to ruin marriages. Yeah, yeah, just like, okay. And we're so obsessed with sex, we don't talk about it in any healthy ways. But we're man. animals. We're Brother, animals. That's we're, the thing. Like, all monkeys, man. It's like, that's, yeah, we don't. I always say this, like my, uh, some famous anthropologist said this, like we are risen apes, not fallen angels. And it's like mm. my fucking absolute mantra. Yeah, log- it's like, that shit is just... If once you start looking at us like that and not as this like, you know, I know it's like a, for a, for religious people, they might not like that. But I just love that way of looking at it. It's like we are risen apes. It's like we're trying. It's like we have so much more work to do because we're coming out of being monkeys. You know? mm. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, that's how we need to like teach, like educate people, because if we if we all learn that we're animals like I think it's going to be easier for people to understand that it's okay to talk about sex yeah. because everyone like needs it and it's like there's a re- there's like a reproductive reason why people do yeah it. it's like yeah we're doing and it to like you know because you want to make babies or whatever it's like our species whatever thing and like impetus to create more of us mm-hmm. and so it's like you have this desire and it's really powerful and strong it's one of like the strongest emotional and physical desires that you'll have and, it, and again some people are asexual not everyone but for, for, for a lot of us, and it's so powerful, and it dominates your thoughts and, you know, your brain in such an, like, an amazing and beautiful way, mm-hmm. and it's, like, some, I would say the best part of life, at least one of them, and it's, but yet we don't, it's, like, we package and sell it, and, yeah. and mm-hmm. it's, like, we, have, we kind of ruin the best thing. I mean, ugh, it's, it's a lot, but... I'm not going to talk about it all day, bro. Uh, same. Um, <laughs> well, I think we're going to wrap it up, but do you have anything you want to plug? Any shows? Kari Chip returns to Half Sour yes. every Thursday, 8 p. Uh, every Thursday <laughs> at Half Sour in the South. Great Luke, show. Easy. Thank you so much. Great show. So 
Fucking Asmus headlines week one. Michael Palasakis headlining the second one, July 8th. Let's okay. go. I'll be there in September. You'll be, Drew will be on in September. Um, the first one, I'm so excited. We were uh, obviously a, a pandemic hiatus, and I'm just so thrilled to be back. Um, and all the people at Half Sour have been great, and I'm just like, it's just going to be so good to be up there, man. I'm like, I mean, what, what day is it? Monday? It's, it's literally in like three days. I'm like, I've been mm-hmm. waiting for this for since the pandemic, you know, started, bro. So I'll plug my little my little show, my little baby Chicago show. Okay. Tight ship. Tight ship. Every, Every Thursday, Thursday at 8, at half 8 p.m. Okay, Instagram. It's, my Instagram is Chicken Parm Charm. <laughs> okay, yeah, I remember that. Chicken, Chicken Parm, Parm Charm. John Gasper, thanks for doing the podcast. Thank you, Drew. And thank you guys so much for listening to Doing Time. Love you. Bye.